Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. How's it going? A little tired. It's been a long week, man. This is the first, the first week in my career where I have an empty sales funnel from the prospect side. I cleaned 25 prospects started on Monday. All of them closed this week. And so yesterday afternoon, I had an empty funnel. Wow. So yeah. like all of them closed in the sense like. Normally it would take weeks, right? Where I would kind of be moving them along. 25 people I added that didn't know about us or maybe knew a little bit, but not a warm lead. 25 on Monday closed by yesterday, yesterday afternoon at three. So everyone said yes. Every one of them closed. Yep. And so I was sending out proposal while well, we were, I'd like to take yeah. responsibility for doing the work. Uh, we sent proposals out to some of them, the corporate ones, <clears throat> excuse me, everything closed yesterday. And so Harp's like, Oh, give me a call. I got a funny story. And I'm like, I don't have fucking time to talk to you today. Like I really, I do not have time. And he's like, how busy are you? I'm like, I'm like 120% busy. And I just, when I looked at the sales funnel, cause I move everything obviously yeah. over and I'm like, there is nothing in the prospect side. And so Michelle's like, do you want me to put more names? I'm like, no, I'm going to get it all finished. And then today I'm going for a, a float. Then I'm going for a massage. And then Will and I rented a two bedroom condo downtown Victoria to have a little staycation getaway type of a thing. But I had two hours of prospect calls right before this. And I've got one, I've got one a half hour after we're done. Wow. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and one that closed on Tuesday referred four. We haven't even done an intake session. Hmm. And so I think that the, that model, especially in the Northwest, like the lawyers and the accountants, they, uh, they're ready to kind of get back at it now. Like they basically took a year out and now, and, and yeah, it's just, it's an, I cannot believe I have an empty funnel. That's crazy. It's crazy. That's good. That's good. So with no meetings in person? None. And we won't for the foreseeable future. I mean, Canada messed up the vaccine thing. And so now they're saying that we won't get, like in our age bracket, we won't get vaccinated till August. So we're going to do a cross Canada trip, mm -hmm. right? And I've just toured the book a little bit but I got to stay within BC, like just nearby. I could even go into Alberta just so I can hop back to BC when it's my time to get the shot. But they're saying now maybe August or it's supposed to be March. Right. That's disappointing. Mm -hmm. Your mom and dad get it yet? No, my grandfather has. Well, that's surprising. I thought he might ditch it and let COVID get him. Yeah. If he, if he was offered the shot or uh, jumping in a vat of COVID, I think he would probably have taken the vat. <laughs> and he'd probably survive it too. He'd probably, probably kill COVID. Your granddad is probably the vaccine. He's probably the vaccine. That Tell him I like said a that. Superhero movie. That's it. Yeah, man. Yeah. So smooth. I like the, uh, the, the America. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the American flag? Is that in the office or where are you? Yeah. In my office. It's the new, that's the new deal. Like, what do you do with the old uh, painting I love so much? Uh, took it to my house. Oh yeah, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet it looks yeah. nice there. It's great. It's fantastic there. Yeah, it's really something special. Probably goes with your jackets. 
It does. It goes yeah. with, yeah, what my jackets, which I don't know how much longer they're going to fit. Because well, I was going to say, I can even see your sweater. You're not even filling up the shoulders in your sweaters anymore. Yeah. You might want to pull the sleeves down. Like they're all bunched up like an 80s woman with the, with the, the shoulder pads in her suit yeah. jacket. And then when she takes them out, because can they're not cool see, anymore. But can you still see a pop. the shoulder pads? Yeah. Can you see the shoulder pads? Because I, I can see where I can see where they should be pushing out, but they're I when you have Velcro. it up like this, there's there's lots of room. I had Velcro put in there. Okay. So I hold them in place, but it just doesn't. That's much. Oh yeah, there we go. And maybe get closer because the closer you look bigger, and so like you can just look a little. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when you get close, it's like the rock. Yeah, look like that. Basically, I started lifting weights, so you can probably oh. tell. Well, I was going to say that uh, that didn't look natural, and so you'd either been working out or got implants. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great. It's good. So, what else is good with the with Chris Flett and the COVID? Like, what have we learned? Have you gotten any any new disciplines, any new habits, any new rituals? Because I was I was observing and thinking about like how important those things are as i'm seeing my kids have got all these goofy schedules like chloe's at college but she's not going to classes at college so they took her to school but she's going to virtual classes from her dorm room oh so she's living on campus in a quad and taking her classes from her 10 by 12 room that's right why are they doing that well, the only explanation I can think of is for money. Like okay. they don't want to lose the kids altogether. So because they're not getting college life, right? But they're not doing the hangouts and stuff like that. So know, they're they're doing some of that. Like that's that's they're happening. allowed to do it in their build. They're allowed to do it with the people in their building. In in their building, not just in their quad, but in their building. Correct. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. that's not bad then. Right. Yeah. No, she's enjoying yeah. it. She's enjoying it, but I think it's, a, you know, it's obviously very different. And then Brody's on, I don't know what your kids are doing now, but Brody's two days a week. So out of a five day school week, he goes two days a week, which is completely messing with him. Like, it's just not a good lifestyle for him. Like he's a system at, which I think most of us are on some level, but he right. likes the consistency of knowing what tomorrow looks like and the next day and the next day. So a kid that wants to stay up naturally till 12, one in the morning. Right. And then two days a week, you make him wake up at six, has them all off, off kilter. Do you have the option not to send him to school? It, yes, I would have that option. And I, and I have now, I'm freshly considering it for the first time because I never thought that was a good idea. But in comparison to the back and forth, it's probably a better idea just to be consistent. Yeah, see, that's like our kids have been full time back to school since the beginning of the year. Yeah. And but what they do is they're bundling the in service days. So normally there would be one a month. And so like right now they had yesterday off and today off. And then it's family day, which is a stat holiday on Monday. But they're bundling them in. But I think if the kids were going one or two days this week, I would just keep them home. Yeah. Yeah, because it's weird, right? Yeah, it's super a weird, weird time. Yeah, super weird. Not consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um. So you were talking at the beginning about like having this pretty much sounds like a pretty ridiculous January, early February in a great way. Like, what do you, is there, is there things you've been doing all along that you think led up to that? Or do you just think it's the timing of 
of everybody else. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's a mix of the both. I think when I came home March 13th, right, last year after kind of the border was getting closed in Canada, um, it took me about two days to recoup or kind of re reorganize my mind because I had in my head that I was going to be touring for eight weeks and I was three weeks in and then it got canceled. And I think in my head, I went to that, you know, the kind of the, the stupid spot of, you know, this book tour blew up and missed opportunities and, and, and so have a little pity party, which I'm prone to do, but shorter pity parties, but you know, once or twice a year, I, I kind of personalize that I have messed up. I've done something wrong, even though, I mean, the COVID situation was out of anyone's hands. When I got home by both the 15th or 16th, I had to mentally check what were we going to use this for as an opportunity rather than batten down the hatches. And I knew clients most likely would default to let's gear back a little bit, keep everybody safe. And, you know, like those things are important, but they're also excuses, right? It's not we do work as normal or we don't do any work. There has to be a gray area, which which has grown over the last year. So I knew in order to have kind of the moral authority to ask clients to shift their businesses so we could keep going, we had to do it as well. And I modeled the mindset that I still wanted to get the same outcome in the new environment as I was getting in the old environment. And that, in hindsight, was detrimental. Mm -hmm. Detrimental to me and detrimental to the team. Because what I said is, okay, if I normally used to get three leads out of 20 calls, I might have to make 40 or 50 calls to still get those three leads. Mm -hmm. What it was, in fact, it was about 100 calls. So I was doing five times the amount of work that I did previously to get the same results. Now, that was an innovative. That was just being a bull in a china shop. I'm just going to lift more the same way. And so I did that for most of, oh, geez, most of 2020, I would say, until I burned out at the end of summer where I had had enough. And I realized that still with volume, I was getting, you know, the three a day, uh, it just wasn't practical. And I was seeing the coaches burn up and I was seeing the clients starting to, you know, like your legs almost shake a little bit when you've, when you've worked out too hard. Yeah. And so I dialed it back and I'm like, okay, I'm still going to just do 20 a day, but I'm going to do better quality ones. I'm going to go after the targets that are probably hurt by the pandemic and have the money. So you've heard me say like, you have to have means of need. They have to have the need for what you do and the money to pay you. So who still has money and who's getting beat up that needs kind of some new stuff. And as soon as I shifted that little thing down, I went back to my three for 20. And so for seven months, I tried to bull rush it. Once I got tired, then I tweaked it. And now, I mean, I used to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym at 5.30. Uh, I don't do that anymore, right? And I used to go to bed at nine. I go to bed, you know, when you're talking about Brody, I go to bed at 10.30 or 11 or 11.30. And I'll get up at 6.30 or 7. But the difference is I've now stocked the garage with gym equipment. And so I'm not driving 15 minutes, going to the gym for an hour, driving 15 minutes and coming home. I come downstairs, have a cup of coffee, watch the news, and then I go work out in the gym. And so different sleep pattern, different volume of work. But because for nine months last year and six weeks this year, we were doing business development on a consistent basis, we were up uh, last year, we were up 11%. Mm. And month over month in January, we we're up 19%. In January 2020 was a great month, right? That was pre everything. And so in hindsight, having the commitment to continue to build and hunt, 
and some of the ones I was telling you that closed this week, right? Mm -hmm. These are ones that may have heard about us like last April and never responded, never, you know, never nothing. And I guess they had to percolate for eight, nine, 10 months, but then came in and the, the closes have been super fast, like shockingly fast. Yeah. Do you think there's a pent up need for this? I mean, we were, I was just talking to somebody this morning about, uh, it's a client of mine who runs, uh, like a marina and last year was just a killer year like perhaps the best year ever um just because everybody's changing what they're doing so they're more comfortable doing snowmobiling they're more comfortable on their boat they're doing camping and they're putting money into their houses but they're not going out to eat as much they're not spending as much money on travel so it's just a shifting of and i'm wondering if in the business front if people aren't going, geez, you know, I'm not able to have these events for client acquisition, or we're not doing all of the, um, you know, all those events where you just feel like network events where everybody's just shaking hands and doing that. Like, is, is this a replacement for not only some of that time, but maybe some of that money and conceptually like trying to recapture market share through a, a little bit different philosophy? Yeah, I think the, the the benefit, like there's a bunch of benefits of the pandemic, I think, if we look at them. And one is kind of recalibrating how we engage with our markets. You know, before the pandemic, there were so many markets and you could fly out to see anybody. I don't think people were that focused on relationship, right? They were like, transaction, what do you need? Here's what I have, sell. What do you need? Here's what I have, sell. Mm -hmm. When you have your wings clipped, literally, right, where you can't fly, you right. have to find a new way to build intimacy, with prospects, with markets, and with your clients that you didn't have to do before, right? You go and break bread with a client or you see them once a month. That's one thing. I think for us, because we, all of our kind of advisory services happen by phone, we were already used to remote relationships, right? And then you would see clients for dinner or whatever when you happen to be in the same town, but you had that. And I think people that got away with the lazy way of, I don't need to think about that client or try to build a relationship unless I'm in front of them, they are now realizing that the connection with that client that might've been a two out of 10 before is now zero because those clients are yearning like you are, like I am for connection, right? And we've tried this with some of our friends trying to do the virtual cocktail hour. Like that's not awesome, not, no. right? And because we're trying to talk over each other and like our group doesn't talk one at a time. We have five different side conversations going about different things, getting up and playing musical chairs, right? You're yep. talking to Lego about something. I'm talking about Barley about something. We're moving around. That doesn't happen online. So I find that the people that are coming in now are like, okay, I was going to wait out the storm. The storm is not like storm's not subsiding, right? Like the vaccines right. are not coming out enough. Sure. The new vaccines don't seem to be solving the new, you know, the new variants, Yep. And so I jokingly said this morning, like, I thought 2021 was going to be different. Like, it feels pretty much the same. Yeah. That being said, uh, the companies that pivoted, like ours, had a great year. There are companies that pivoted a little bit that are head and shoulders above their competition. Sure. And I think a super majority now are like, okay, we, we now are forced to pivot or we're going to die. And I think that's where we're seeing the influx of, you know, people that we talked to literally eight or nine months ago that never responded. 
like left them a voicemail. And normally, you know, we talk to somebody, we share the solution, we find out what the challenge is. Do they have means and need? We qualify the prospect, yep. send some information, and then we move in through the closing process. What's happening now, which is blowing my mind, is we reached out to them once last year. They never responded. They email for the package. And when we say, well, you need to talk to us first, right? Like we don't just send the package out. Then they're saying, just sign me up. And so it's the buying process is, is on its head as well, which tells me there's a little bit of panic. Yeah. Well, and pent up need probably. They probably feel like they took that year off and it's time to get back to work. Yeah. Well, I got fat, so, right? That's the whole thing. I got fat. Now I need to go get to a trainer, yeah. right? Like probably I can't catch up. And I think that's the good analogy is I let myself go for a year. Yeah. I better go and, and do a, you know, a 30 day challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So I, let's go back for a minute because I like, we always talk, we're always talking about discipline and like lifestyle and, and not just with the business stuff, but like personal habits, what time you wake up, what you're doing for workouts, all that stuff. Um, it, are you digging the new kind of that new lifestyle, like waking up a little bit later? Is that you finding that valuable, like more energy or less energy or just different? Like all you really did was kind of moved, just moved the time back a little, right? Or besides yeah, I don't, uh, that, that drive time, like what else is happening? Yeah, I don't like it, right? Like I'm doing it. I don't like working out at home, right? Like I like working around around other people. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to be lazy with other people watching. Right. So I got the big screen TV on in the garage and I'm lifting weights and I'm working, I'm sweating. But if I'm working out next to three or four other people and I see them pushing iron, I'm going to push heavy iron. And so I find that it's, it's much more of a mental game to try to get to where it was easier before, right? Like getting up at four 30, I got to five 30. So the gym would be quiet. I'd be out by six 37. I'd be on calls at seven 30. There is nobody answering the phone at seven o'clock in the morning anymore, right? Before I used to call the gatekeepers of the big corporate targets because their admin and secretaries weren't in yet, but nobody in the last year, I have not got one person at 7am and trust me, I've tried. And so I'm, I'm struggling with, you know, don't look backwards, but that used to be awesome. Get up at 4.30, gym at 5.30, make cold calls for, you know, hop on a plane and go on a little tour, talk to 30 businesses a day. That was awesome. Right. And when I'm in the room with them, you can't hide. We're talking. Yeah. But now, right. People. And what's funny is like, I'll call a target and their kids are screaming in the back, like screaming. Yeah. Right? Which like, I, I can relate to because right now the snowblower guy is outside my window. Those guys, those, those guys haven't been around here all week to do their job. And now the one time I'm on the video that's being recorded there, he's right outside my window. Right. He probably watched for your schedule and said, yeah. I think this would be a good time to do this. I think he but wants I think, to be famous. Yeah. And so like, I find I'm not eating as well. Right. Because I'm, I'm having a hard time staying motivated throughout the day mm -hmm. because I'm at home and I can go eat anytime. Right. Like I've got that flexibility where in the old world, like I had a 30 minute window to eat. And if I didn't eat in that 30 minutes, then I fast until the next day. Yeah. And so this, this flexibility is not actually good for me. So when you talk about Brody, like I have too much flexibility in the house 
And there'll be days where, like I joked last week, I put on a pair of uh, suit pants. Was the first time I think I put on pants since March 13th, 2020. Like I've had jogging pants, I've had track pants, but actual, and you know, and I put them on going, please baby Jesus fit, like they fit, right? A little tight, but they fit. But the discipline of a fast moving market serves me well. And so, you know, I, I look to the family, but even to, you know, colleagues and stuff, just trying to keep the discipline in because no one's watching. Yeah. Right. Before everyone's watching. So when you go, if you go back to when you would go to the gym, yeah. did you have a very disciplined, this is what I'm going to the gym for today? Like, did you know what your workout was going to look like before you went there? I did. Yeah. If it's not planned, I don't do it well. So I always plan my week a week or two before. And I just do push pull workouts, right? So day one, push day two, pull day three legs off, push, pull legs. And so what I do is I write, I write my workout on my thigh. So I don't even have to bring a book. And so I have iPhone, I uh, the pods in and I write down on my leg and when the leg is done, I'm done. But normally see, go in the sauna for a half hour, hot tub for 30 minutes and then dry off and come home, go to work. No sauna, no hot tub. You got the gym, but the gym is one hour from when you walk in the door to when you have to leave. And so the good thing about that is when I do go to the gym, because our YMC, it was only closed for a couple of months. Like you're not messing around when you're in there because you have 60 minutes. And at 59, 59, they're opening up the door, spraying you down and you're, and you're on your way out. But I think overall to the, to the kind of the big part of that question is... I found in March and April, me being the big hypocrite that most advisors are, is I wasn't planning because I'm like, well, you know, you don't, you don't really know what's going to happen. So I'll kind of play it by ear, which is a BS thing to ever say. Mm-hmm. It took me till about May to get the schedule back, right? I do this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. And that, that saved me over the summer, the walking, right? Like, you know, I'm a big walker for six weeks. I didn't walk. Right. And there was no reason not to walk. I I live in a beautiful part of the world, but I'm like, ah, you know, like just kind of play it low key. Like all of the excuses you make that get in the way of discipline. And it it made me actually quite unhappy to not have that discipline. What about, um, at home, like the workouts at home, is it, you walk out of your house into your garage, knowing exactly what you're going to do today. Yeah. Yeah. So I have it up on the wall. But I have one of those, you know, the big post-it boards, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? They're yeah. like like 24 by 36. Right. I've got, which if you're interested, I'll send you a photo after, but I've got it up on the inside, the garage door between the house on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it has all the workouts for push, all the workouts for pull. And then on the bottom, I have an option of walk, bike. We bought one of those Peloton knockoff bikes, yep. swim. Uh, yoga, because you can do yoga on the Peloton app in the house. Anyway, there's five. I don't obviously do the fifth one because I can't think of what it is. But that has to happen one hour a day. And so if I'm too lazy to walk because it's been cold here, I get on the bike, throw on a show, and I bang out the bike for, for an hour. But that's, if I didn't have that written down and I have to go on Pinterest or, you know, like I've got that Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, the Arnold Schwarzenegger book, mm-hmm. if I have to sit down and figure out what the workout is that day, I won't do it. Yeah, it has to be done ahead of time. How, how's the eating going? What's the it like? Because you get so we're in the states, and I'm in Ohio, 
And so that means that everything's been, you know, we wear a mask to go somewhere. And then when we sit down, if it's a restaurant, we sit down, we take the mask off. Once we sit down, we have to be now it's, it was a curfew at 10 PM. Now it's 11 PM. But for the most part, besides those little weird ways, like it's more or less pretty normal. Like, I think it's pretty normal for day-to-day business, but you guys up in Canada, like what are some of the differences from what I just explained to where you guys are at? Well, and so we never had restaurants shut down, right? So they never, there was no shutdown. We didn't have a curfew. Uh, we have some kind of guidelines, but the the government hasn't been too restrictive. Like what they've said now is if you leave the island, we live on Vancouver Island, you have to quarantine for two weeks coming back. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not people do that, right? I don't know, but the island has been relatively protected. But, you know, in the beginning, we didn't eat out at all. So I would say probably from March 13th to probably June, we didn't eat outside the house, even though you could. Mm-hmm. And then around June, we started to realize that businesses were failing in our, you know, in our local neighborhood. And so we started doing curbside service with them. And we do it like two or three times a week. Even if we didn't want to, it was just kind of that, you know, that way to try to keep some of our favorite restaurants going. Sure. But I would say now everything is back to normal, but I'm eating more. I probably put on a good 10 pounds since last year, not good, like not good pounds, but yeah, 10 pounds pounds. because I think snacky, right? Like you're around the house and you can eat anytime when I'm on the road in a hotel, like I'm not, you know, taking calls at nine and 10 and then ordering room service snack and then going for a lunch. Like I might have lunch and then maybe I'll have dinner later that night. And so I find the access to food is not awesome. And so it's more, but we try to deal with that at the front. Don't bring potato chips into the house. Like, don't yeah. bring a couple, bring none. Don't bring cookies, which is my weakness. Don't bring them into the house. And so these are new things where before they could be in the house, but I'd be out all day. Yeah. But now I go down and make a cup of coffee and like, ah, okay, I'll have a cookie. And then a cookie becomes six. Yeah. And then cookies uh, taste really good with coffee. They're, it makes the coffee taste better. And I like coffee. Everything's better. Yeah, yeah, Everything. yeah. But so that's, yeah, that's the big shift. And I, I think now, like, we we go out for meals regularly. And, like, every Saturday, we're normally out for breakfast. Um, but we're, we're, we're coming up with the new norm, right? Like I said, the, you know, trying to do some more staycations, right? Rent a hotel room and go down for the weekend, right? And shoot some videos down there and have a little bit of, you know, just changing the scenery. We have a big house, but I didn't realize how small it was until the last year. Yeah, sure. You know? Well, I think everybody, like, I... I uh, am looking to do some renovations to my house, some things that just kind of need done. And if you're looking, if you find a good contractor, they're, they're like so far out. And these are clients of mine, friends of mine, people I know, people that I think like me. And they're just like, hey, I, you know, I can put you on the calendar for March. I'm like, you know, mid-March or late March or whatever, maybe right. April. And I'm like, wow, like, that's crazy. Like, we're talking about six weeks from now. You can't do that until six weeks. They're like, no. But you know, I think that's, but that's one of the benefits I found is, is a non-business related is I got a ton of projects done that were on my list for literally seven years. Like I painted this office was our nanny's old bedroom. I painted this, rewired all the ethernet. I rewired the lights in our kitchen. I painted one of the side, like the sun side of the house that was fading. I painted that. I sealed the, the driveway. Like I did stuff 
that I normally have other people do, or I just don't get to. And because of no access to people, I'm like, okay, I'll get some scaffolding and paint the house. And so kind of looking back why I'm smiling is, you know, that stuff is never as hard as you make it out to be in your head. Right. But for seven years thinking about it, and it took me a day, boom, it's off the list. And I think doing that has kind of opened up more, you know, hard drive space in your head for business related things, because that stuff's always sitting in the back of your head. Yeah. So let's pivot to business for a couple minutes. We've just got a couple minutes left. But um, I have been reflecting, like, I always get really thinky at the end of every year. So I spent a lot of time thinking about what I did right, what I did wrong, all those things. And a problem, you've been coaching me for 10 years. And a problem I've always had is to default to the effort thing, which right. is what you defaulted to, right, yes. last year. So one of the things I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm saying three hours a day to do these other things that I don't usually, I do them, but I do them not with a deliberate, not deliberately and not intentionally. And that just means, it actually means slowing down, which is really hard. Um, slowing down, thinking, and then they're not necessarily things that you can say, I did this, so I got this. Like I like, I worked out and I, now the next day I'm sore. I did this and so this happened. So this, there's a weird, a weird thing. Like we had acquired the most clients we ever have last year by, so in a COVID year, right? right. By tw over 20%, like I think it's right. like 22% more clients, more households than we did the previous year, which was the highest before last year. And this year we're on a trajectory to be up exponentially over that. Like right. it's, it's really odd. And I'm not, and I'm definitely busy, but that's because we've got new employees and we're, you know, we're kind of all in the mix right now, but I, I'm finding it very interesting that the natural inclination to do the hard work part is actually not what's going to make the progress. And then so it, it's a whole different, it's like the opposite version of discipline. Like my lazy is being really busy. Right. And now realizing that maybe me being super busy with these lower level things is not the right thing. It's to take a breath and move up in the, in the things I'm thinking about. Could you, could you speak to that? It, it sounds like a parallel, but a, a little different, obviously a different setup. And I think that's the, I mean, I think that's a key thing. And I think why you had such a great year last year and even the start to this year is because you did the work the whole year. And yeah. so we know a lot of people in the business that, you know, it's COVID, I'm not going to have people in the office, I'm just going to shut down. Like they didn't, they didn't keep the system going. They shut down the engine and didn't turn it back on and are now wondering why the battery is dead and the fuel is bad. I think, again, one of the gifts of COVID and us kind of being stuck at home, right, not doing the trips and all the stuff that we would normally do is the blessing and the curse is reflection. And when you start looking at what you're doing, you realize, at least I do, and probably you do too, is 80% of what I'm doing, I shouldn't be doing. Right. And, but I can do it, right? And I like that one. I'm writing that down. Out of, yeah, I got out of the habit of delegation because in my head, I was thinking, well, everyone's having a hard time. Before COVID, I didn't care if everyone else was having a hard time, like game up. But I started... I wouldn't make the excuses for myself, but I would accept the excuses from others.
Mm -hmm. And I think that when you realize to the earlier point about you can't do things the way that you did them before, you should look at them and go, okay, true. What was I doing before that I shouldn't have been doing anyway? And so like research, right? We now have research getting done overseas mm -hmm. for basically the equivalent to $8 an hour. And this is master level research that we are paying 30, 40, $50 an hour for, and would have never thought about doing that except access to labor was unavailable. And so you go, well, what else can I do? And so now spending less, getting more, responsibility on our part, and they load the gun for us to shoot. And I think with you and me, we are so used to gaming up and going, if it's hard, I will outwork it. Yeah. And in hindsight, and the practice now is, it's hard, how do I make it easy? So not gaming up to the level of difficulty, but mm -hmm. trying to undercut the difficulty to make it easier. And that's, I think, a sign of maturity. And this is working out, right? Like a friend of mine who helped me get through that first 10K is he said, which obviously makes sense and probably everybody but me knows, your body gets healthier on the recovery, not on the workout. Right. And so I would think, you know, if I want to walk the Camino, I'm just going to walk 30 or 40 kilometers a day with a heavy pack. And that's not the play because you get hurt, you're off for two or three weeks, and then you got to start again. Right. And so his whole thing was, because I took a long time off of the long walks, the, not the short walks. And he's like, no pack in 2020. Like, don't bring anything, your phone, so you can listen to music and that's it. And I did. And he's like, and don't do the 30 or 40s, do the five and then take five days off in between and then do six. And I'm like, what's that going to do? Well, what it did is it made me way stronger. And so it's some type of friggin' black magic. Yeah. But that's the thing is don't make it harder. You need to become smarter, which is not when you're used to outworking people, you don't have to be smarter. You can just outwork them. And that's easy too. But the problem with, with that is time, right? Like you only have so much time. So it, and there's only one you, so you, you really have to learn to delegate. You have to learn to give other, you have to get a little bit wider so that you can, you know, what you've done with your other coaches, what I've done with other advisors, you know, you can't, you know, I can't have, I think it was 2017 that I average like 25 appointments a week myself personally. Right. You can't prepare for all those, be present. Now I remember Thursday, a Thursday night when I like went to call my dog and didn't remember her name. And oh, wow. I was like, yeah, yeah. whoa, hey, like there might be a yeah. problem here. Like you, you know, so that like those types of realizations are like that stuff's real. Like you just can't. There's, you know, the Goggins philosophy is awesome. We both love that guy. And right. I think there's a place for it. But some of the things that he shares a big part of his life, but he kind of glazes over some other parts of his life. Like when he broke all those bones in his foot, what was the, he doesn't really talk about how much time it took for that to heal. Right. He just talks about the next race he did. Well, there right. was this whole there was a six month period or one year period or however long, like, and what we're trying to get to in different ways is to not have that six month period off. Like, what can you do that's sustainable so that next week you can show up? You know, I, I was doing jujitsu 
seven, eight times. Like when right. COVID opened, when we opened back up from COVID, I was doing jujitsu a legit seven or eight times a week. Right. Like at or martial arts at seven, eight times a week, jujitsu six, seven times a week, right. which for my age, it's just, it's just too much, you know, right. and it, it sounds great and you're going to get better at jujitsu, but slowing down, going to jujitsu three or four times, lifting weights a couple of times, doing karate a couple of times is a way better balance. And oh, by the way, when you go to do the jujitsu, you're actually really way more present and way more observant. And you can, you get better faster, which is counterintuitive, but it's, I, it's my truth. I don't know if it's for, for some people, I'm sure that they're capable of taking more in, but I've got enough other things going on. I don't get to spend a tremendous amount of time working on my jujitsu when I'm not on the mats. Well, and see, that was, I mean, that really resonates with me because by December I was burned out. And so in December I was struggling every day right? Because I had burnt up all the tank. And I always think of like that, that uh, cell battery, you know, like when it starts to go red and slow, yeah. and you're like, this thing's gonna die. And about the 20th, I'm like, I don't think I can get to the 23rd, which was my last day of work. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to bed at like seven or eight at night, and sleep till seven, like, you know, 12 hours. Yeah. And I could not catch my breath, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I do. And then on the 23rd, which was my last day, right, I had a cocktail with our with one of our friends virtually. And uh, for the next week, I slept an hour to two hours a night. That's all I could get, right? And like I'd watch a movie with the family, right? We'd have a nice meal. Wow. And then I go to bed at 11 and I might fall asleep at 11.30 and get up at 12.30, could not go back to sleep. And so I blew up my system so much, like I broke myself. And so that second week of holiday, actually I started to sleep, you know, the eight, 10, 12 hours. So I went from one to the other. And then I made myself a deal this year, which is what I'm practicing when you talk about discipline now is eight hours a day. I'm only working eight hours a day. And so if I start at seven, I'm done at three. And what's been helpful on this, and it's it's a total mind shift, because again, just put in more hours, and especially a week like this week, I could have happily done 16 hour days. What I've found is every day now is like the last day before holiday. You know, when you're going on holiday, and your, your day before holiday is your most productive day because Absolutely. you are a machine at yeah. what do I need to get done? What can I give to someone else? What am I just going to delete or what can I do when I get back? That's a great one. And, and because I know that my day is fine and I actually have a timer that goes up on the screen as soon as I log in eight hours, right? And then seven hours. And then the last hour it goes red, which is, I mean, it's just a good, you know, mess yeah. with your mind. Right. And then I'm looking and then I'm looking at my call sheet going, okay, I have an hour, I need to triage, right? What am I going to do? And then that last 15 minutes, I'm delegating out as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. And when the buzzer goes, right, which it is actually, it sounds like a basketball buzzer. I turn off the desktop and, and go downstairs. And so that's been a little bit of a hack that's been exceptional because I'm giving myself 16 hours off in between work times. But that eight hours, I would say the eight hours this year, I'm accomplishing as much as I was doing in 12 and 13 last year. Wow. Yeah, that was my follow-up question. If you were going to go back to, I don't know, prime time, Chris working as much as he, the year you worked the most, like yeah. how many hours a day? Because you hear Elon Musk in an interview recently said, they said, well, where will you sleep tonight? He said, well, I'll be sleeping at the Tesla 
factory in my, you know, I have a cot there and I, yeah. you know, so he sleeps maybe three, four hours at the plant. So, you know, that those, his work hours are 20 hours a day times however long and his off time is sleeping or driving from one of his plants to the other plant that when right. you were working your prime time work, like how much, how much work were you doing? A lot. And so oh. like, I think back, like back pre kids and we lived just in the outskirts of Vancouver and I would drive in. And so that year I would start work at six, which means I would get up at four 30 or five to drive into town. I'd start at six and I would leave the office at 10, like 10 at night. And so that year, which would have been about 1990 or maybe 2000, I billed 2,500 hours. So I didn't work 2,500 hours, I built. And so like, you know, there's yeah. a lot of hours that are not built. Right. And so 20, that, that was a big year, but I was also, how old was I? I was 26, 27. That's awesome. And That's pretty yeah. big. Yeah. But I, but I mean, I used to do judo, right. 10 to 12 to 15 to 20 hours a week as well. I yeah. mean, it would, I'd have a tough time getting through three one-hour practices these days. Sure. But I think that with maturity, and when I think back to that version of myself, a big chunk of the time that was not built was wasted time trying to figure out what to do. And so now I know what to do. I got all the recipes. And so I think that's very different. You think of it like a journeyman chef, right? You go in the restaurant and you wash dishes and you prep appies and you do banquets and you clean the kitchen and you learn the craft. But once you're at the top level, you go in and you expedite, right? You go right. in and you watch stuff come through the pass and make sure it goes through. Maybe you work the dinner rush and you're done. And so I think we are afforded being able to work less time, be more effective because of the experience we bring to the table. Yes, absolutely. Good, good. Mm -hmm. that, those, those last couple things, that's a big deal, man. Well, I'd encourage really people like who are... Hour thing. Yeah, people who work like us in the past... I can't tell you how much of a game changer the eight hours has been. And I don't know, just being honest, I don't know if that's sustainable when I'm out on the road because I have breakfast normally with a client or prospect at six or seven in the morning. I might have calls. I normally have a lunch meeting, but I also have a dinner meeting. Do you, so, you know, ever stop? Do you give yourself the ability to stop the clock or once it's on, it's on? Now I don't stop the clock, but back then I did, right? Like, you know, I did a week in Seattle every month. I would often, you know, start early, but I might take a couple hours off in the afternoon to go for a shop or watch a movie, yeah. like do something to have a little break. And I think, again, that's another catch that we haven't been afforded the last year is we're used to the trips away where we can get, a, get you know, get together with some of the guys or take the family away. Not having those resets has been, I've, I've felt, I felt the impact of that in a big way. Absolutely. Like that's, I've said, of all of the COVID things, there's like two or three big things. One is who you're spending your time with. Right. You have to be way more deliberate about that. Uh, but one of the other things is I would always recharge. I'd get my recharges at least, I would travel on average easily once a month, sometimes twice. Right. So, and you would be included in some of that with my friends. Yeah. So we'd go, you know, we'd go to the big smoke, you and I, and then we'd go with all the guys once. And then usually once a year, maybe I'd go up to Vancouver and meet you up there or Seattle. So right. there was usually about once a quarter ish, I'd see you guys. And then I'd go to my work trips and all that stuff. But you constantly were getting like a little bit of a recharge, a couple right. days, four days away, you know, a big one in Vegas for a week or something. And so it was, 
it's really affected me a great deal last year, not having all those, those breaks, you know, and right. not having those recharge moments. You had to, you had to figure out a new way to do it, you know? Right. And that's really, that's really an interesting thing too. Like I, that's, that was a struggle. And I'm still trying to sort that out a little bit, although we're going to start getting, you know, I can see we have a a, a, a traditional conference scheduled for later this year i i don't right. know exactly when it is but they originally said it was going to be in february then they kicked it to march now i think it's i don't know june or july but right. at least you see that those things are probably coming back and you know that you can do them over the virtual space but you're still missing out on what i think is two-thirds of the the actual value and that's the the you know those little side conversations that you have that that nobody else is paying attention but the two of you and you got this idea that you like put a pin in it and you remember it and that you take that one back with you yeah well i'll hop in the truck a lot of days because i'll just get tired of the house and i'll hop in the truck and drive down to the ocean and sit in the parking lot at the beach and take sure. my calls in there right my mobile office just because you know where before travel and see clients in the different cities and all that stuff like that all of that has been off the table which is yeah like i missed that part of, of of all the business i missed the breaking bread with people i do business with because that, that that was always a highlight which which truck are you driving most of the time the tundra well i do the well i drive the old ford on the weekends right because that's my favorite truck but i drive the tundra because the cabin's quiet yeah. And so if I'm on a call, I do it, I do it in the Tundra, but on the weekends, like from now until Monday's a holiday here. So from now till Tuesday, the Tundra will be tucked away and it'll be the old Ford. And that's it. Ford, a 1985 Ford F-250. Yeah. F-250. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. That's my, yeah. That's if, if that's me personified as a truck, a little rough, a couple little rust spots, coughs every once in a while, but always starts up and pretty easy to fix when it's broken. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Man. Well, as always, thanks for your time. I appreciate yeah, it. It was a pleasure. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll catch up soon. We always do that often, but I appreciate you checking in once in a while, giving us the update from up north. I'll see you in 2023. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hey, I, I don't know. They're going to need me. It sounds like I'm on track to get a vaccine before you do. Well, for, for a variety of reasons. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, Thanks man. so much. Have a good one. Thanks, yeah. brother. We'll talk soon. All right. Cheers. Bye. Products and services using the following business names: Creative Financial Partners, Insurance and Financial Services, Ameritas Investment Company, LCAIC, Member FINRA, SIPC, Security Investments, Ameritas Advisory Services, AAS Investment Advisory Services, SIC and AAS are not affiliated with Creative Financial Partners. Products and services are limited to residents of states where the representative is registered. This is not offer securities in any jurisdiction, nor is specifically directed to a resident of any jurisdiction. As with any security, request a prospectus from your representative. Read carefully before you invest or send money. A representative will contact you to provide request information. Representative of AAC and AAS do not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney regarding the situation. Whew. Thanks for watching.